Hey, Isabella, what you doing? The Fireside Girls and I just got our shrimp net repair patches. What are you doing? A romantic cruise. You want to come? You want me to come on a romantic cruise with you? Yeah, it'll be fun. Um, okay. Romance, it's not in the it's not on the breeze, and it's not in the trees, and it's not in your hair. It's on the water. So I'll warn you well in advance. If you're not looking for love, don't set foot on our boat of romance. On our boat of romance. I'm wearing a diaper. So, do I know romance or what? What? I said, do I know romance I or... heard you. This could possibly be the best day ever. And the forecast says that tomorrow will likely be a million and six times better. So make every minute count, jump up, jump in, and seize the day. And let's make sure that in every single possible way, Today is gonna be a great day. Welcome, one and all, to the podcast without a cool acronym. The podcast where we review Disney television animation shows. But this month, it's all about Phineas and Ferb, baby. I'm your host, Jeremy Roche. Joining me on the podcast today via Zoom, you know him from the Twitter feed at Nachos Rule with a Z, and you also know him as the creator of the Phineas and Ferb fan musical, the MWCA, the musical without a cool acronym. All the way from Maryland, Andrew Grabowski. Hello, happy to be here. Next, you know him from the Twitter feed, at Zach underscore Timpson, from Netflix's Who Was Show, and as Phineas in the upcoming virtual production of the MWCA, all the way from Los Angeles, California, Zach Timpson! Thank you so much for having me. I'm so psyched for this. This will be fun. And finally, you know her from the Twitter feed, at Tammy Rosales 05, and as Isabella in the upcoming virtual production of the MWCA, all the way from Buenos Aires, Argentina, Tammy Rosales! Hey! Thank you for having us. I'm so excited. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited to have you guys on here. This is going to be a lot of fun. Um, for those of you who don't know, um, who haven't seen it and have been living under a rock for some reason, um, a few years ago, Andrew created the musical without a cool acronym and did it for his college. And it is absolutely yes. fantastic. We're not going to talk Thank too much you. about that on this podcast because we're actually going to have... Um, Andrew and Zach and Tammy and some other cast members back in a couple weeks to talk about the show uh, before the virtual production of it, which is going to be in March. Uh, tentatively late March. Yeah, we haven't given an exact date, but but hopefully around that time. So soon-ish. Soon-ish. That's yeah. It's what I what I tell my professors when they ask when my work's going to be finished. <laughs> <laughs> and if you want to follow, um, the other Twitter account would be. At MWCA underscore musical. Right. Uh, and there you can get updates right from there. Yes. We also are on uh, Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and probably something else. Uh, usually TikTok? My yes, face? TikTok. Uh, at MWCA.musical on those other platforms. Um, so yeah, check us out. We're posting yeah, TikTok, a lot of uh, some, promotional some, videos. There's some clips from little music videos you guys have done that have been really awesome I, it's been so cool to see those you guys are all thank great you. i'm so excited to see this show thank you 
So today we are here to talk about, because of course this episode is going to be dropping on Valentine's Day, so I figured what what better way to spend Valentine's Day than to dive into the world of shipping on Phineas and Ferb. Yes. It feels like I've been preparing for this podcast for like the last 10 years. Let's say. <laughs> <laughs> uh, as someone who's been in the fandom for a long time, obviously, you know, shipping is a pretty um popular part of the fandom Mm -hmm. and that can be really fun sometimes you get some great artwork out of that and then other times you get um psychotic fans on twitter harassing show crew members that was a thing that happened yeah you get you get the weird fan art as well yeah we've all gone on google images yeah we're not gonna talk about that No, instead, we're going to talk about the more wholesome stuff. Yes. Well, thank you. <laughs> so, obviously, um, you, mean, you mean we're not going to talk about Perry and Doof? Oh, man. <laughs> That's the main ship of our musical. It's Perry and Doof. <laughs> obviously, there's some, there's some smaller ones that are out there, but obviously, the main ships of the show um, are, you got Phineas and Isabella, you've got Candace and Jeremy, and then I guess Ferb and Vanessa. Yeah, Fer- Ferb and Vanessa. Um... Kind of a last minute thing, but. Yeah, they kind of, I mean, they set it up early on. And it, at first, you kind of think that one's going to be one of those where it's like, because it's the whole thing where he switched the blueprints in Ice Cream, You Scream, where Isabella got her tonsils out. And Vanessa and Ferb, of course, are going to make a huge ice cream sundae. But apparently, in this particular episode, they don't have time to actually draw up blueprints. So instead, Ferb is supposed to go get blueprints from a store, which I'm like, that's something we'd never see again. <laughs> is them using prefab blueprints or something? But it sort of makes that, you wonder: like, are other people making the same inventions that Phineas and Ferb make? Is that where Thaddeus and Thor get their stuff? Maybe I don't know. It's a good thought. Wait a minute, yeah, with the licorice dispenser. Uh, I gotta but, say, I, I really like how like little screen time for Ben Vanessa's relationship gets because I, I feel like, unlike the other relationships in the show, they're both just so casual and, and chill about it and it doesn't seem like they need to make a big deal about it. They're just kind of in their own lane and then years off in the future, it's like, yeah, they end up together, you know. Well, and cool. of course, Ferb isn't the only person that ended up getting shipped with Vanessa. We're kind of jumping around a little bit, but Monty also was a love interest for her for yes a while, and then they kind of just were like, okay, well, they broke up. They broke up off screen somewhere, kind of anticlimactically, I, I guess. Mean, I would I hope so. When, Otherwise, Monty's in for a surprise when he sees Ferb. I guess <laughs> when when Doof went to the good side, suddenly there wasn't as much of a desire to be dating a good guy for Vanessa, or at the very least, not... so. It it didn't have the Romeo and Juliet appeal, maybe? Yeah, maybe, like, Vanessa liked the sort of like the sort of sneaking around vibe or the, oh, we're not supposed to be doing this. And then when Doof became good, she was like, all right, well, this is boring now. Uh, So bye, Seth Green. Yeah. It's like, oh, I'm dating a good boy so scandalous before she was dating at the towards the beginning of the show and in the episode we're going to talk about next week dude we're getting the band back together she was dating some dude named johnny yes mm-hmm. johnny's there for a while because he's also there with the platypus controlling me in a yeah. yeah yeah and i think it's in um what is it doof 101 the episode that takes place like at the beginning of the school year he's like 
he's acting as though he and Vanessa recently broke up. So Even I guess they have been split I, for a while. Yeah, I don't know if there was overlap between Monty and Johnny, but I mean, there's also the question of just the passage of time in this universe because, as we mentioned last week, oh, there's mess. the whole thing where it's like, oh well, um, Roger has been awarded Mayor of the Year for the second year in a row, and he's only been mayor for one year. He's been mayor for like two months. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. None of I it. I mean, there's also up. like in across the second dimension. We see the OWCA recreate every invention Phineas and Ferb built throughout the summer, but Santa Claus's sleigh is among them. And it's like, wait, I thought they did that the following December. So when did this take place? It's, yeah, summer, it's all a bit messy. All year long. Is this that, the following summer? Summer, summer never yeah. ends. Yeah, it's honestly, I, I I subscribe to my friend David Gansel's theory that there's just multiple timelines and any episode we're seeing could be from any given one. Yeah, I think Ooh, I think Cavendish I like and Dakota theory. thoroughly uh, messed up the timelines for everybody. I mean, that's another thing we can, uh, and we didn't talk about that in the time travel episode. So we can definitely talk about how that would have kind of affected Act Your Age later on. I've talked at length about Act Your Age, <laughs> so I'm not gonna I don't, I'm not gonna rant too much about that. But I do definitely want to dive into the implications further down the road uh, that we got from Milo. Right. Um, so obviously one of the other um, main relationships that was established really early on, like literally first episode, was um, Isabella's crush on Phineas. Yes. Yep. Which, you know, hearts in her eyes, all of that. Her pupils literally changed shape. It's like, I didn't know that was physically possible. <laughs> she changed her eyeballs. Yeah. And... It fell for him hard. What can I say? I mean... <laughs> Yeah. Well, and well don't, don't say I if you're not speaking in your Isabella voice. You got to go for the. Well, I'm sorry. Do you want me to speak like this? Hang on. Do it again. It cut out. Isabella, can you go again? I didn't really hear you. Oh, well, I'm sorry. Is it better now? Yes. 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 That. Yes, Wait, it is. Do you want me to continue the podcast with my Isabella voice? How did I get on a show with these children? <laughs> I don't really know if we could do this the entire time, considering my voice is almost gone. My my voice is shot right now. So Maybe we need to save our harder. voices for like recording. Yeah, we're not. Yeah, show. we're not gonna do that the whole podcast. <laughs> Andrew would be like, "Hey, where's the recording for this particular song? Oh, hey, we did a podcast for like an hour. I'm sorry, I can't." He's just like coughing right at the now. middle of it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's okay. I can go again. Go with the uh, go with the lame as a Rob school of uh, making a movie musical where it's like no 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 leave that in leave that in the orchestra can work <laughs> around it love it that's such a tangent but like oh my god just the way that they made that movie makes no sense it's like Tom Tom Hooper should never be allowed to direct a musical again and yet he was given Cats and that one is arguably even worse I was I was talking to my friends about how you know like 2020 sucked right. Uh, but at the very end of 2019 was when Cats came out. Right. And I think Cats sort of was like the domino. And what was funny is that in December of 2020, Matthew Morrison did The Grinch. And I think in a way, that was the universe kind of coming full circle. From yeah. seeing the, the horrific <laughs> Cats to the horrific Matthew Morrison doing The so Grinch. So we're, we're out of the woods now. It was, we're out of the woods. We, we made hope. it. Hopefully. Hopefully we can get actual musicals back again. I'm still so bummed that I was supposed to go see the, the SpongeBob musical in July and that didn't happen. I bought tickets for Hamilton. Uh, uh, yeah. So... Wait, are you talking about the touring version of the SpongeBob musical? Yes, it was going to be, okay. it was going to be going to the Strass Center. Yeah, it's a wonderful show. 
Yeah, I, I watched the recorded version that they did, and that was really cool. Yeah, that, that one was interesting. They, they got Tom Kenny just for that one to play Patchy. He, of course, which he didn't do in the Broadway version. of course. So you're doing it televised. You got to get Tom Kenny to be Patchy. Yeah, we're, we're, we're kind of jumping around with topics here. But with Phineas and Ferb, like part of the reason I wanted to do a show for it is I was like, this is a cartoon that lends itself really well to doing a musical. And SpongeBob is like sort of a rise like during the writing of that. And I was just like pretty impressed with how they managed to, to capture cartoon energy in a show like that. Yeah. And again, we're not really focusing on um, the MWCA, but yeah, I think you guys yeah. did that really well too. Um, using both um, songs from the show and also um, different um, contemporary musical Broadway theater. Songs. Yes, musical theater. So the <laughs> other one that gets established pretty early on is, of course, Candace and Jeremy. And I, I really love Candace and Jeremy. I think their relationship is really great. Yeah, I think they're really good foils for one another. Um, absolutely i think i think stacy is a really good foil for um candace as well but it's a different kind of foil of course but they're both mm-hmm. kind of the the straight the straight man in a way to her just antics yeah yeah that's and in a way like almost similar to the Ferb and vanessa relationship i always like the candace and jeremy relationship because there's like not actually a lot of drama to it underneath the surface. I mean, Candace thinks that there is a time. She thinks that everything means something uh, horrendous, but really deep down, Jeremy's been very consistent in just liking Candace and wanting to casually date her. Um, and I like that, I like that, that you know, they, they keep that going for the entire series. There's never like a big breakup or anything. They're, they're just happy with each other because like they balance each other out and they- They like, kind of yeah, did. They complement each other so well. Yeah. Like she has so much energy and Jeremy's just sort of laid back. Yeah, so I feel that, like that's I, so pure and wholesome. I feel like if Candace was dating someone that was also really high strung, it wouldn't be a mess. Out. It wouldn't no, work. It w- you need you need that grounding presence. There was yeah. um in the Where's Carrie two parter, they kind of did that thing where it's like Candace thought Jeremy was breaking up with her when oh. really it was just bad reception. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So again, like I said, like there are dramatic moments, but it's like they're all in Candace's head. They're, yeah, they're, they're never, never intentional. Yeah. Yeah. Really, I think the most dramatic moment we get in that relationship is during Summer Belongs to You, where, um, you know, Candace sees him in Paris and gets discouraged. And then he, he kind of saw her and followed her back and was like, wait, were you spying on me? No, it's just like, you know, it, it was like seeing... Look, my uh, teacher wearing a cowboy, cowboy hat. hat. <laughs> I, I just say, grocery store. Like, I, something, something I love about the following line immediately after that is that's the first time that uh, Jeremy says the word girlfriend. Right. And and I'm a voice actor, and you can hear Mitchell Musso put extra emphasis on the word girlfriend, and I don't know why, but that makes me laugh. Because you know he doesn't he doesn't just say like I would think that my girlfriend would have better trust in me. <laughs> he goes. I would think that my girlfriend would have bigger trust in me. It's like, whoa. It's like he knew that she was stressing out about that, even though she hadn't mentioned that to him. Maybe Stacy shot him a message that was like, yo, yo Candace is freaking out about this and it's dumb. I really love the, the, the same exchange that Zach is describing because I believe it's like in the same scene when, when Candace is like, I didn't know you consider me my, uh, your G word because I consider you my B word. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Oh, that is so 
we had like a full like cast I, screening of that episode back during the original show and somebody was like you mean your bitch and it was <laughs> yes. the funniest thing yeah but it's a whole song <laughs> wow okay <laughs> yeah I, I like i think summer belongs to you in general is it is a really great episode for, for all the three relationships that you're describing. Like it, it has Candace Jeremy arc, it has a Phineas Isabella arc, and a Ferb Vanessa arc in the same. Yes. It doesn't really yeah. feel like it's, it's forcing any of them. In that way. I mean, I think the arc is really more with Vanessa and her dad ultimately. I mean, but yeah. We do get those moments with Ferb and Vanessa that are um, that are kind of nice. Yeah, I, I guess that's true. They don't really necessarily resolve the Ferb Vanessa arc, but it's at least there and you know. Yeah. There, there, is moment, there are moments on both sides like you know when like they go to Uncle Sabu and you know Vanessa asks Candace you know what Ferb is short for uh, and then of what? course the know. scene on the yeah, there are little tower, subtle like, hints over there yeah. going around in the episode I, I also love I, I love how canonic this is not barely what, what to do with what we're talking about but I love how Ferb is just <laughs> short for Ferbs <laughs> it's the same number of syllables <laughs> it's one less letter yeah. but I'm really curious if that was actually their intention in Act Your Age to to be revealing that Ferb's full name is Ferb's, or if that was just Dan Pavanmeyer after the matter being like, uh, yeah, sure, let's go with that. I mean, there's a lot of things that they've done where it's like, oh no, this is the retcon, and we're sticking to that, even though it's very obvious that it's just a retcon. Like, yeah. for example, we have a character who is supposedly allergic to dairy that has her favorite sandwich is grilled cheese. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it, it's it's a fun show to analyze because it's it's really funny in a way like there is so much thought i think put into the character interactions themselves but when it comes to any like external lore about like a character's birthday or a timeline or their like allergies like they're definitely just making it up as they go along yeah, like, was, and watching the fans try to explain it is just very I was, funny um, i was re uh, i'm re-watching the entire series right now and i was on episode two candace loses her head and that episode starts with phineas waking up and seeing a calendar uh, and like there's a picture of Candace on the date mm -hmm. for her birthday, but that date is July 11th. So that means let's say the show's going in order. That means they didn't start all their inventions until halfway through the summer, uh, yeah. because summer starts in June. So unless the series goes out of order, uh, which I'm I'm just gonna stick to because I think that's easier for me to process than that on July 10th they built a roller coaster and then did the rest in 52 days. Yeah. Well, and I think I think they referenced that the roller coaster was on the first day of summer, so. So yeah, they probably jump around that. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. I mean, there's a lot of episodes. I mean, it's understandable if they don't like remember every single detail they created for the entire show. But the fans will. That's yeah, the, the fans obviously will. I mean, that's the fun part of it. You get to analyze every single bit and get to complain about everything. And overanalyze. Yesterday I was freaking out because I was trying to find a reference picture for Candace's bedroom door and I realized it looks different in every episode that it appears in. <laughs> Like the doorknob switches, which side of the door it's on. It's a, it's a show that I love dearly, but at the same time, I think was never truly meant to be looked at too I deeply. I think her room has even switched floors, possibly. Yeah, yeah, there's there's a lot of details like that that fluctuate all the time. I feel like Phineas and Ferb's room was always on the second floor, but I feel like there was an episode where Candace's room was shown to be on the first floor and she was like looking out their window. I'm starting to really like this alternative timeline series. <laughs> Because that could also explain why there are so many episodes uh, and only 148. Summer. You could explain why Phineas's personality changes after the first season. Yes. Yeah. Everything can be explained. Yeah. Through that theory. Aliens. 
<laughs> Dan and Swampy thinking of an idea for a new episode of anything. Aliens. Aliens. <laughs> Space. Aliens. Whatever. Yeah. Let's just do it. Throw it on the wall. <laughs> It will. Because they have freedom to do whatever they want to. Yeah. I mean, nobody I, knows what's out there. They set up really early that like aliens exist and basically anything can exist. So I mean, I think Jonathan asked um in uh in the interview he did with Dan, you know, why aliens? It's like, well, because aliens are really good for a cartoon because you know you can do whatever yeah. you want with them. Yeah, you could also do like different designs. I mean, think about how how Meep the the Martians and uh people they all look different right mm-hmm. more mm-hmm. opportunities for animation and of course with meep you know japan eats that shit up <laughs> yeah i, I my mind was blown be... up a little bit when i realized how popular of a character meep was specifically in japan and there's like merch for him over there it's crazy it doesn't surprise me. It's like it, like when 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 you create something with the intention of making it look like a Japanese toy, Japan's gonna be like, okay, we're gonna do this and do it's it. It's mine for now. Real. Let me have it. <laughs> yep, it's mine now. By the way, I, I have a question. I don't know if, if any of y'all can answer it, but I know that Lorenzo Lamas voices Meep. Yes. But does he just voice Meep talking at the very end? Or does he also make the meep sound? Like, is he doing both or just the, the speaking at the end? It's a great I question. hope it's both. <laughs> I hope, yeah, I hope it's both. I hope it's both. Lorenzo Lamos had a very busy schedule. He got a stunt voice actor to say meep. And just to record. <laughs> yeah. Well, keep in mind, there was also another meep. That's true. Like a That's sad true. one. There's variations. That's a lot of time. I mean, yeah. Add a little, add a little spice. Time. It's like when they have to call D. Bradley Baker in to do another um, different Perry chatter, but they usually just use the same one. Yeah. Hey, D, can you make a sad Perry sound? Yeah, that's it. You can go now. Bye-bye. That's something we've been having a lot of fun with uh, our Perry doing, changing the different vocal pitches. There's (laughs) more more put into it than one might expect, even though it is so subtle. Rosemary is is so like here's how well rosemary is able to emote with the platypus chatter uh on the tiktok she does a parody of uh she basically sings man or muppet from <laughs> the so 2011 muppets movie but as perry yeah, the platypus like agent p or pet pet or agent ah, i love that song. she does it way better yeah. <laughs> you know what character doesn't ever have a relationship is perry the platypus and i think that was very intentional yeah, I mean, at the beginning of Back to Your Age, like, Dan and Swampy straight up just start the episode by being like, no, that's no, not no, yeah. Yeah. Do we have the platypus a girlfriend? Please, no. What would that even This is like? better. I should have sold out. What, what, what would Perry the platypus having a girlfriend even... Would it be... I'm assuming it would be another platypus. I mean, I would hope yeah. so. But, like... I mean... But just <laughs> sticking by cartoon logic, it just looked exactly like Perry, but just with a bow. Exactly like yeah. A bit of eyelashes, maybe there. Yeah. That's a female. Yeah, I was, I was like, yeah, like I mean that. I mean, look at like Mickey and Minnie Mouse, or almost any cartoon where there's a love interest. They look exactly the same, just with, yeah, like with eyelashes, yeah, and a bow. Mickey and Minnie, Donald and Daisy. Basically. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, my my friend Max. I was on Max's podcast a while back, and he pointed out to me how candace and jeremy look almost the same just with different haircuts and i was like oh yeah they both kind of look like airpods it, and have i hair. can't get over how similar jeremy and uh his name kevin from kevin. Riddle. it's like it's the same kid he's just dyed his hair and he put on a different color shirt <laughs> they have very similar silhouettes 
nepotism? I don't know. <laughs> Belgian has had the most love interest out of any character in the show. We well, talk about that. Now we're getting to the juicy stuff. Okay. We yeah. talk about that all the time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, okay, I, I recently made a meme that was just based on people <laughs> in our cast talking about Baljeet's relationship, and it's like the, like, thinking brain and, like, woke brain and then, like, galaxy brain meme. Uh, so, like, the, the small brain is, like, shipping Baljeet and Mishti. We all saw in that episode. But, like, slightly bigger brain is, is Baljeet and uh, Ginger, because, um, as we know, they end up dating and act your age. The really big brain, the one that we go for in our musical, is Baljeet and Buford, because, I mean, come on, it was always there. Yes. Uh, the uh, the exploding brain is Baljeet and the uh, spoons, the physical object of spoons, which he has a deep which sentimental is my attachment. Favorite out to be in the entire show. <laughs> okay, but here's my, my TED talk. Are we all forgetting Wendy? His crush. Yeah, I do forget Wendy because they introduced her in that episode and never ever acknowledged her again. He was never seen again. Yeah, and he totally. Uh, spoils uh the christmas gift for her like even like before christmas morning he comes down and doesn't even give her the <laughs> excitement of being like oh i wonder what it is he's just like hey your hat's here and, yeah. and also a kiss yeah Bally, he's a player well i mean she yeah. was just hanging out in her living room at midnight with all the lights on so yeah why was she why was she up I mean, I, I mean, can't really judge. I'm I'm always up at midnight I with mean, Netflix yeah, I'm on, up at midnight. and several hours <laughs> after that. Yeah. yeah, but also we're not. But also we're not ten. That's like, true. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. yeah. Well, well also like no, what if what if Wendy staying up was like gonna cement that Santa wasn't gonna visit her that night? Because there's like that that other uh, trope in TV that if you stay up, Santa won't come. So maybe Belgie being there was necessary. Well, that, well, that was the whole thing. Like it's like Buford goes through the streets being like Santa is coming, and then Wendy probably heard that so if i was if i'm wendy i'm like all right get to bed because that's like the lore if, if santa's not gonna come if i'm awake but she's just you know walking around the family room yeah. all the lights on and uh we've all we've all had enough of, of wendy's nonsense that's why we never see her again yeah <laughs> balji Bal kisses her and then moves on yeah. yeah maybe wendy's plan was to kill santa and take the suit and become santa claus oh, yeah. God. through the santa yeah. claus a morbid spinoff, uh, <laughs> but just following Wendy Singlehoppers and her new hat is adventures trying to murder. <laughs> is that the new Phineas and Ferb movie? That's, That's the, the third plot. movie. Dan yeah. and Swampy yeah. are gonna be like, "Here's the movie." <laughs> <laughs> we also figure out about uh, uh, Isabella's Uncle Barry in that episode. Oh God, yeah. Oh, also, like, I feel like something that doesn't get talked about a lot is that Balji is also definitely into Isabella at some points throughout the series. Oh, they yeah. do allude to that. It yeah, so it's, it's really so subtle. It's so inconsistent, though. Yeah. I think the most direct they ever address it is when they're, I think they're building a supercomputer or yeah, something. The super yeah, computer. And it, like, it, it shows uh, Isabella, like, like, like the, the screen is showing whatever the character's thinking about. So Isabella's thinking about Phineas, of course. And then Baljeet is thinking about Isabella thinking about Phineas. Uh, yeah, he's got, he's got a little crush. I feel there's like an there's an episode where where like Phineas says something with like big words or something, and then Isabel's like, "Oh, I love it when Phineas uses big words." Well, the inspiration for today's activity manifested as we performed our morning ablutions. I love it when Phineas uses unnecessarily long words for common things like brushing your teeth and washing up. Yes, it is gratifyingly erudite. It's not as cute when you do it. <sighs> I am cognizant of that fact. I, I feel like the the Balgeet Isabella 
is, is definitely one-sided. I think Isabel only has eyes for one man. Yeah. Yeah, she does. My um, yeah, my, my my general headcanon is just that like Belgique is probably bisexual. I I mean, there's a lot. There's a lot if you look at them. relationships. There's a lot of hands if you look at them. Yeah, I mean, the the big honkin' hole in my heart song is the one that really cements to me how me it, intimate his relationship with Buford is. Jesus Christ! I mean, he but, can't convince me Belgique is straight. I'm sorry. He, he runs away from Mishti when he sees her looking like a girl. <laughs> So like, yeah. Oh no, girls, scary, must run. <laughs> that reminds me of the the scene towards the end of Inside Out where Riley bumps into the boy and that's yeah. all of his emotions the movie. running around his head. I die for Riley. I'm not sure what to do. A girl, it's a girl. Time. Oh, that yeah, yeah. That is just yeah. That is like the best the best scene in the whole movie. Mm-hmm. Now I kind of want to make an edit. Bajeep, the Patels are here. Coming, Mish! Oh. Hi, Bajeep. Girl. 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 <laughs> so after hiding in the bathroom, I jumped out the window and came over here as quickly as possible. God. Oh, no, oh, Looking at Baljeet's personified emotions would, would be quite a lot. I feel like they're all fear. Like there's nothing else. <laughs> Okay, yeah. we, should, we should talk well, more you know, about like, you that know, singing feeling in general because that is. I just watched that. Lot. I love literally that just episode. watched that episode. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's a good one. Um, yeah, I, that's another one. Like, I mean, it, it's obviously about Belgique and Mishi, but we got uh, Phineas Isabella moments in that, and also also a Candace Jeremy moment at the end, um, and then Buford just Buford just being cute. just hanging around as the angel. <laughs> yeah, that's a great episode. That's that's. That's one of the ones where we see Phineas and Isabella like, like yeah, it is mostly the situation that's bringing them together, but also like you know Phineas is going along with it. It's got one of my favorite moments. Favorite Phineas Isabella interactions, which is that do I know romance or what? 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 I said, do I know romance? I went. Um, I I I had the uh, the privilege of going to D twenty three in twenty nineteen to go to the the panel on Candace Against the Universe, and before I was there. That's a, I I, That's I so keep forgetting crazy. Zach was also that yeah Zach and I both went to this panel before we knew each other, um, we but anyway they, they showed a video beforehand that was just like a montage of all these different Phineas and Ferb moments from the show and one of them was the one Zach's describing the do I know romance or what she's like I heard and that just got a huge audience reaction. <laughs> I because I remember being there with with my friend um, and we were dressed up as characters from Mary Poppins Returns. And I saw this kid wearing a kick-ass uh, major monogram outfit. I was like, oh, that kid, he, he knows what he's doing. <laughs> and, you know, two years oh. later, uh, he, he's directing me in the Phineas and Ferb show. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I wore that so outfit crazy. for the hope of Dan and Swampy seeing me. And it worked. There's a video of Dan enthusiastically going like, <gasps> and pointing at me. <laughs> <laughs> so it was worth. I love how with, they uh, noticed you once and now they're noticing you twice. Yeah, because yeah, they're they're commenting and liking a lot of our stuff on TikTok, yeah. and it's awesome. I still can't believe they're, like, they, they're they know well. who we are. And yeah. it's it's very gratifying feeling. I love how in um, in that singing feeling, how of course the whole thing is it's like you know that Phineas and Ferb just watched Titanic, but they can't quite outright say that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, the only so, other thing, thing in that movie, movie was sink the ship. We we briefly referenced 
Titanic in in MWCA as well, but we have since changed it for a more contemporary Avengers reference. <laughs> but yeah, in either case, it's like meant uh, like the Fireside Girls are like, oh, this is the couple that Phineas and Isabella are just like, but it's like not. I'm actually okay, Andrew. Full disclosure, um, and <laughs> maybe we can cut this out, but. Uh, I know which couple in Titanic you're referring to, but which couple in Avengers are they referring to? Uh, my my thought was just like Wanda and Vision because they die, or I feel like it's up to interpretation. Okay. Any okay, of the, yeah, any of the couples in Avengers where one of them dies? Is it uh, is it like Tony and yeah? Okay, gotcha. Cap and Peggy. Yeah, that's Cap it. Peggy. That's it. That's the one. That's that's the. Go with the classic. When you see MWCA later and they reference Avengers, know that we're talking about Cap and Peggy and that I definitely put a lot of thought into that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, Endgame, you know, you have the biggest the biggest movie in the in the world, the highest grossing movie of all time. And how does it end? It ends with a slow dance. Yeah. So I mean, I feel like, like that movie was just like... Such a payoff. Like dance song yeah. from like the, the, what, the 20s? Yeah. I feel like the Russo yeah. brothers earned that, like absolutely like yeah that that movie did wrap up like the entire universe but it also was wrapping up their like captain america arcs that they were working so hard on for years that's why i'm like people want to say that marvel movies are brainless i'm like a brainless movie wouldn't earn a a character moment like that if you want to see what a soulless brainless superhero movie looks like be sure to go watch Zack snyder's justice league coming march 18th to hbo max yeah, I I think my, it's definitely oversimplifying to say that Marvel. Movie my my mom had my mom had never seen any of the MCU movies, uh, but I went to go see Endgame and and I was descri- and she was like I'm probably not gonna watch these and I described the film to her and this is someone who hasn't seen any of the movies. She got teary eyed just me describing it. So that just shows that it's a really well earned uh, character moment. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that shot. I, <laughs> I, I was at Hollywood Studios yesterday, and they were playing that on on Sunset. They have that in the loop on Sunset Boulevard. And I'm like, oh, Captain Peggy. Don't go to Disney World if you haven't seen Endgame. They'll show you a spoiler all day long. Oh wait, do you live in? Oh, do you live in Florida? Yeah, I live in. I, I work at Space Mountain. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, come, come on, man! Like, I'm still, our park is still closed. Our park is still closed. And yeah, so, I know. I know. Uh, Damn, I'm lucky. I mean, I, I mean, I know, I know there's cases like, I, like obviously Disneyland is closed for good reason. Yeah, California, Los Angeles is like a hot spot right now. Mm. Uh, but also, uh, Loki jealous. My, I, I'm, I'm earmarking September as when I'm going to be able to go back to California. I'm like, fingers crossed, fingers crossed, because it's like I, I also want to go back to San Diego and see my grandparents, and I've, I got family over there. So, as well as you know, of course, still going to Disneyland and yes seeing all all of my cool friends over there <laughs> and zach we could totally hang out at disneyland hey let's do it let's do it yes I mean, it's funny how things always come back to theme parks on this podcast yeah because they're just, all, I, I think you know it's all intricately related somehow. it really is and phineas and Ferb should have a ride damn it uh I, yeah, so I, it? I, there's rumors that like the aerosmith license is expiring on the rock and roller coaster which it, it does make me sad because i love aerosmith but if it's expiring anyway love handle love handle Can we get rock and roller coaster featuring love handle oh, i mean so the roller coaster fits phineas and ferb and love handle fits the music part of it it's perfect. i think the obvious choice is to replace it with a fictional band so something like that love hand yeah yeah mm-hmm. love handle or electric electric mayhem or something well, especially oh like- i would be oliver electric mayhem too mm-hmm. focus on the pleasure something i can treasure can you picture that
picture that! Oh yeah, I can picture that. But then, the, but then that would be sort of like a weird thing that's kind of going on at Disneyland, where Star Tours is in Tomorrowland, even though there's like a yeah. whole land devoted to Star Wars. That's why I want... the Muppet set. I mean, that already exists in Hollywood Studios too. They yeah, well, they Star used Wars to have Pizza the Planet far from Toy Story Mania, and they still have yeah. Buzz Lightyear Space Ranger spin in Tomorrowland when they also have the whole Toy Story Land in Hollywood Studios. So. Okay, so better plan: just uh, do an Electric Mayhem attraction. Add it into a whole Muppet land and then just retheme Rock and Roller Coaster and Phineas and Ferb and boom, we're done. I'm done for that. Yeah. Like, Honestly, like the thing is, the thing is, if Phineas and Ferb, like, you know, there are lots of ru- rumors of, you know, Phineas and Ferb getting a potential revival or at least new movies coming out. If any of those come to fruition, Disney could easily, you know, use Rock and Roller Coaster uh, to promote it because, uh, and, you know, give oh, it a yeah. presence. Yeah. Yeah. Also, Candace against Even if it was just a temporary numbers. overlay. So. It yeah. Potentially come back. Yeah. I mean, Disney continues to like. If you just look at their like Disney Plus like promotional artwork, like they feature Phineas and Ferb pretty prominently. They're very, yeah. I think, interested in keeping it alive as a brand, if nothing else. Yeah, I, I feel like a, a lot of people put a, a a ton of thought and speculation into like, oh, is Phineas and Ferb coming back? I I feel like when Dan and Swampy talk about it, they're being pretty straightforward in that like they're not working on anything right now. They're doing other shows, but they also at the same time assume it will probably return at some point because it did with Candace Against the Universe. I kind of said this last week, but I don't think we need more episodes of the show, but I think new movies, yes. Maybe yes. some other stuff, absolutely. Sure. The thing is, I, I, don't want, I don't want Phineas and Ferb to go through the, we don't know where to end the show and just kind of go yeah. on forever. I don't want that because I, I'm kind of glad they decided to like um, get the last episodes to be specials instead yeah. of like 10 minute um, episodes. So I think yeah. that was smart from them. It's like them cutting themselves off before it yeah. jumped the shark. Uh, that's I mean, the Muppet, I, show, the Muppet Show knew where to end, and they still kept going with other stuff after that. Yeah, like, I think, like, maybe, like, short-form series or, you know, other series that, you know, sort of take place in the same universe that might not be, you know, just yeah, a, Sir re- a, a revival. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they pretty much confirmed the other day that the that does definitely take place in the same universe. Which makes the treatment of Milo Murphy's Law that much more baffling. It's like, why was it left to die like this? Yeah. I mean, personally, I, I, the the person they described with Hamster and Gretel, I like a lot more, which is that they're not like going into it, start like planning build up to a crossover. It seems like they're just going to let it be its own thing. And then maybe eventually think that was a bad strategy if they had actually like really leaned into it in, in the on the marketing side of it as opposed to kind of what they did where they kind of just oh yeah by the way towards the end of season one and then they just left the show not even airing for like a year yeah i mean i i mean i, I feel like the don't biggest- get me wrong milo is a really great show and it has the the, the same comedic timing that Phineas and perv have but i think that like the fan base just saw Milo as a kind of continuation from the original series, but not enough to be the same thing. So yeah. that's why people stopped watching it. And then Disney just moved it to like Disney XD. And so that, yeah. that's where every show just stops being popular. Yeah. So I, I, I like that Hamster and Gretel, I think is going to be more of its own thing. It sounds mm-hmm. like, as opposed mm-hmm. to trying to shove doof into it. Yeah. <laughs> D- Disney when their show's not doing well. Den Pop and Meyer coming to the show quick. <laughs> oh hey, speaking but, of but doof, 
Speaking of dude, we should probably talk about the one episode where he actually had a girlfriend for like oh, a little bit. Says Platypus. No, that hurts Jay too Platypus. much. That hurts too much. Yeah. Okay. Can They're we talk so about close. one of the best songs in the entire show? One of the most like beautifully sung songs is from a character who never got a name. It's just Doofenshmirtz's girlfriend, Doofenshmirtz's yeah. love interest. Yeah, yeah. he never shows up I again. I love that song as well. We, I think everyone who watches Phineas and Ferb wants Doofenshmirtz to be happy. I mean, I that's just it's probably the the most tragic of the relationships that fell through. Yeah, in yeah. yeah. I feel like th- that entire episode is like somewhat antithetical to what Phineas and Ferb usually goes for, which is that like all the characters are like like good deep down and usually end up like having good things coming to them. But Doof just like doesn't get a happy ending that episode whatsoever. Um, and I, I don't know how entirely earned that was because like everyone wanted to see him just like stay with this girl he was perfect yeah. for, but then it just, nope, that's not part of your life. My thing is like- Doofenshmirtz like, is a Murphy confirmed. The thing is like Doofenshmirtz <laughs> made that invention that like makes people fall out of love, right? Uh, yeah, so I guess he deserves it on some level. No, yeah, no, 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 no. What I was gonna say was, why doesn't he just make an invention that makes people fall in love and tracks down this girl and is like, wait, 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 you're perfect. Just let me blast you with this ray. And then he blasts her, right? And then you know, like, like, like he he could have he could have made it work. Yeah, but yeah. that's not because he, he never has straightforward schemes like that. Like he doesn't he doesn't yeah. make it an aider to make himself manly. He makes it an aider that gives people ball gowns so that he is more manly by comparison. Like, okay, he's got he's got to overthink it. Well, there was this time when he made himself handsome, and that worked for like a while. Yeah. Until it eventually backfired, because I mean, it's a Doofenshmirtz. Doofenshmirtz, Doofenshmirtz and Phineas are both incredibly smart, but also incredibly dumb. Yeah. Yeah. That's why we love them. You win some, you lose some. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think the reason why there's so many theories that Doofenshmirtz is actually Phineas's um, biological father is because. (laughs) they are so similar as characters yeah i mean i i get where they come from and yeah, I mean, I, the rumors are nonsense and... obviously yeah like, this so the worst I, theory about the show i hate it yeah. i hate it i hate it i don't think the theory itself is terrible because like there are a lot of uh, parallels between the two characters i think it does make sense on some level what bothers me is when people like act as though they just thought of it and then rush right. to and Pobenmeyer about it and i'm like he has confirmed like nine hundred times that this is not a thing. Give it a rest. Years, please make it stop. I, got yeah. an, I, actually, I got in an argue with my roommate over it. I, I honestly, I think my roommate was just trying to get under my skin because he knows it's BS. But he was like, "No, what's the logic?" And I had to like go back and like cite specific episodes <laughs> that proved it wrong. Yeah, I do find it funny though how the way that Doof deconfirms that is by citing like the timeline with like the date he went on Linda. And I'm like, okay, you're gonna cite the timeline there, but you clearly don't actually care about the timeline for all of yeah. these other show inconsistencies. I mean, you know, ultimately, of course, it's up to the creators what actually is canon and what's not. It's just kind of funny to me. Um, oh, there was one other um, time that Doof had a not really girlfriend, but more more uh, internet date gone wrong, and that was yes. um, get that Bigfoot out of my face. Yeah, my face. Where yeah. Um, yeah. it's that one, it's that one lady played by I believe Sandra O. Oh. Yeah, Sandra O oh plays the character, which I think <laughs> is that's awesome. She's the one that's like obsessed with Perry, like thinks he's super adorable, yeah. and Doof is not having it. Yeah, I mean, well, I, I feel there like there was this other time when when he like 
went to like a roadie or something like that and he was singing country music and then he got a date oh yeah because he yeah, had a that. nice voice yeah I, yeah. do like, I do like the, the Bigfoot episode because it's one of the first instances in the series where we see, like, Doof and Perry being friends and helping each other out mm-hmm. and how they sort of have this agreement that's like, yo, we don't really fight with each other unless I'm doing evil. Otherwise, yeah. bang. It's like they, they clock in for the day, they do their job, and then they clock out, you, and you there's no it, ill you know what, will. You know yeah. what it reminds me of? Back in the, in the 40s and 50s, there were a series of Looney Tunes cartoons that was, that was a sheepdog watching sheep and like a wolf trying to take the sheep but like they would cl- they literally would like walk in and clock in at the end of the day and just for like six hours the wolf would try to take the sheep and the sheepdog would like punch him and then they'd see that it says six and then they'd be like yeah. all right ralph see you yeah, tomorrow okay, bye. That's sort of the doof and perry relationship it's very hey, everyone boring. band practice is over <laughs> yeah that's yeah. It's sort of what it's like it's like i'll take the ship tomorrow thanks yeah uh, that it, I mean, Doof and Perry's relationship, very, very platonic in a very platonic sense, I think is a very wholesome one and very. It's, I think it's the best relationship in the show. Yeah. Yeah. That's I, like, I would agree with that. I, lo- I love their, their friendship. The only part of my musical that I'm not like super satisfied with is the fact that, like, for plot reasons, I had to make Doof and Perry more like actually at odds with each other than just being friends. Um, well, this is out. also your your show takes place mainly in like in season one, right? And that's sort of before their relationship develops. It, I mean, it's I gray. Mean, like we reference. If we pay attention to the timelines, we may be <laughs> able to put it in season one. Yeah, I mean, it's only in season one because Candace and Jeremy aren't dating yet, but they reference stuff from all four seasons. Yeah. Okay. It's a mess. We we don't have to actually think about it. Yeah. Just repeat to yourself, it's just a show. I should really <laughs> just relax. We're fine. Everything is fine. Yeah. <laughs> we could even talk for a little bit about uh, Milo and Amanda, because I'm like, you know, that's still in the same universe. Why not? True, true. It is, yeah. yeah. I actually, so Fool's Gold, or, I, haven't, I haven't seen Milo. Ah. Uh, You're canceled, technically. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody tell them about the. Uh, the uh all the character development that phineas gets in milo murphy's law the phineas gets <laughs> yeah when he like decides to stop building things and betrays yeah. her like it was really shocking to me <laughs> yeah he has a really emotional breakdown in that one episode yeah one. i mean the I... fact that he was like i hate you isabella like i, I did yeah. not see that coming i mean i feel i did not see that coming but i was kind of <laughs> glad that that happened <laughs> Because he was starting to be a jerk by that point anyway. Yeah, yeah, to, he, he reverted back to like season one Phineas, so. I'm going to assume that y'all are doing a bit right now. Yes. <laughs> no way. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just saying, that's just a hunch that I have. Yeah. I could be way off. Actually, um, Bradley, who's also played by Vincent Martella, is kind of a jerk though, kind of more yeah. in line with like... I, season one Phineas but I absolutely was- love that they gave Vincent that character because they're like all right you spent like eight years being this very optimistic kid and now just be like Mean-wise. a dick like yeah <laughs> it's also funny because Andrew and I have very different opinions on season oh, yeah. Phineas That's yeah funny. see I, I like season one Phineas because I feel like it makes him more believable as an actual kid like and maybe not like roller coaster Phineas. Like he is, he is a little bit like actually mean in that. But like later on no, in season like, one, like sassy Phineas. Yeah, he gets sassy. He like he gives Candace grief every now and then. I feel like that just cements him as a more realistic like child, and that's kind of why I like him more. 
He doesn't feel as yeah, one. Yeah, my, my opinion is just I think Phineas being completely oblivious and just being relentlessly optimistic makes it an even funnier foil to Candace. And I think yeah. Sure. Yeah, it, it, works. Right? it works. Yeah, it works. I think it works, works better for the comedy, if I'm being honest. But like, I also, but you also make a really, really good point, though. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I can respect both, and that's why I don't yeah. think either's like wrong. I think okay. roller coaster Phineas for for me feels too much like uh, uh, Dexter's Lab. You know, like yeah. this a yeah. little bit. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Anyway, back to shipping. Shipping. Yeah, shipping. Milo and Amanda. Yeah. I like Milo and Amanda. I think they're super cute. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think they're also good foils for each other because, like, Milo is such a character where his entire thing is, we'll figure it out as it goes along. It's not a big deal. And then Amanda, Amanda has to play play everything. Everything. Like, here is the schedule. Here is what yeah. we're doing at every hour of the gate. It will be accounted for. But she was so worried at first. That yeah. was so cute. Yeah, she, like, she cares about him a lot. And it, yeah. I think Milo does have a little bit of hints of the, like, obliviousness that Phineas does except also like when she does give him a kiss on the cheek he like acknowledges it like he's a little bit they're a bit yeah, more aware I think because they're yeah. a bit he's not that oblivious yeah yeah it's not it's not just the same relationship all over again yeah no. which I really like and I'm kind I also of glad. yeah also second Melissa second Melissa Zach and Melissa, yeah. yeah. That one was much more, I mean, they did kind of do the thing where it's like, oh, are you guys a couple? It's like, no, we're not a couple. And then, of course, they are a couple. Yeah, it. I I do like them. I couldn't, I, I feel like in theory, I can ship them. It felt a little bit underdeveloped to me. Um, well, yeah, we were missing a third season. So. I mean, yeah. Like, because most of their interactions were just like, like, Zach gets scared and Melissa, like, teases him a little bit for it. But there was never, like, I feel like a ton of, like, emotions going back and forth until that one there's a few little moments where it's like they're kind of uh you know they're kind of flirting back and forth a little bit but yeah yeah. it it feels like they could tell that they weren't gonna get another season and so they tried to like kind of close their relationship yeah yeah they they, i mean they crammed a lot into the end of the second season and just trying trying to wrap up yeah like okay we only got yeah this there's like we need to go fast by the end of season two it's like there's like the arc with like milo and the aliens there's cavendish and dakota's arc there's like doof and perry are there so, just like full time so at that point on there. it's yeah it's a lot crammed it's a bit overwhelming but um but it's fun yeah you know milo goes from being a very simple show to being like this insane you know so much going on you have to have seen phineas and all of season yeah. one yeah so and and you know, i feel like for that reason it's not like a lot of people say like that show faltered because disney didn't market it and i think that you know certainly that did not help i also feel like that aspect of the way that they chose to do their storytelling also probably contributed a bit mm-hmm. like I, I feel like there were moments of the show where i wasn't entirely aware of what was going on if it had been a little while since i had seen the last episode so i feel like that for kids that might have been yeah a bit much been yeah like, i've heard some people say that like phineas and ferb is you know better it's uh, you can like watch it on disney channel sporadically but milo murphy is you gotta like stream it yeah yeah i, would, yeah. Timeline. I think phineas and ferb when they're airing it like out of order yeah I think part of what happened is that Dan and Swampy saw how successful Gravity Falls was and were like, and they and they had done some more um, some more arc-based stuff towards the end of the show, and they're like, okay, we can do more of that. But I think the problem is, you know, you need to be airing somewhat consistently or have yeah. just a really good mythology to back it up. 
Yeah. But again, Gravity Falls only lasted two seasons, and they right. were really planned. It was a polished two seasons. Like, yeah. I feel like... They knew from the very beginning where were they going. Yeah, yeah they knew, they had a decisive beginning, middle, and end, whereas Milo, yeah, they that... definitely knew where they were going towards the crossover, but at the same time, you know, it doesn't really feel like they had much of a plan after that other than, okay, this season we're going to do aliens. Yeah. yeah like, like I, I, I appreciate shows that, like, know what their storyline is going to be as opposed to like you know keep going and going and going like uh not animated but you know the good place is one of nbc's most successful shows of all time but uh and it you know theoretically could have kept going but the creators were like no we had this story envisioned it was only going to be four seasons yeah. and it capped at that and yeah. I, I really respect them for doing that yeah. i'm not trying to mm-hmm. you know Money. like a counter example yeah. is like how i met your mother where they just like spent nine years telling a very simple story i mean that they mostly I, told in the last season i mean i like how i met your mother I, yeah I, I do too but i but you're right though you're right how long have those kids been sitting on the couch oh um uh they're dead now okay <laughs> they, they actually they, before the ninth season they made a promo Oh, I, I do know what you're talking about. And they're like, "Oh my God, wrap it up! We've been here nine years, and it, like, and it, we've been it, using this bucket." No, it's, it's a good promo. Yeah. Long ago, in a faraway land, there was a prosperous studio run by a middle-aged CEO. In an era of princesses and flashy musical numbers, the studio decided to go in a different direction. And thus, their most unique creation was born. And they called it, The Emperor's New Groove. But The Emperor's New Groove is more than just one movie. There's an entire expanded Grooveverse out there, and I intend to explore it all on The Emperor's New Podcast. Hi, I'm Micah Hirsch, and I'll be your host on this whimsical journey, as I'm joined by special guests to discuss every corner of this underrated franchise, from movies to television to theme parks. You can hear all about it on The Emperor's New Podcast. Available on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and more. Be sure to stop by and give it a listen, and remember, beware the groove! Um, there's, there's a couple other episodes um, that I really like, um, one of which being Night of the Living Pharmacist. That's a really Ooh, good love that episode. That, so that, that's the one where we actually get a Phineas Isabella reveal that they like each other that isn't uh uh like they get the memory erased nor is it in the future like that's like a genuine interaction but you know well, like, forget Phineas, about it. i think i think the episode uh, leaves that ambiguous on phineas's end because he's yeah. like well well i always and then he gets immediately touched by a pharmacist so we never really yeah. get to hear. Is, don't you hate when don't you hate when a girl professes her love to you and then you get touched by a pharmacist hashtag mood <laughs> If I had a nickel Sir. for every time that happened, I'd have two nickels, uh, which isn't a lot, but it's weird that it happened twice. <laughs> it happened twice. We, we do get to find out about Phineas's feelings in the early storyboards that they release. Um, really? Phineas, yeah, I, I think it was maybe a leaky who drew those. Um, they were cut because of time or whatever, like, plot uh, reasons, but Phineas oh. was like, uh, well, I've always felt like the same way something like that and then after they get their memories erased um Phineas goes to Isabella and he's like I don't remember much but I do remember that you gave me this patch and I will hold on to it for the rest of my life and he hugs her and then Fur comes to to the scene but that was they cut those 
Because yeah. that. They deprived us. Those dicks. I wonder if they, they had to make time for two songs about there being lots of doofenshmirtzes. They didn't have time for that. <laughs> Apparently, I, I wonder if they cut that more because because I don't I don't believe that it was because they were worried about time. I think it, it's because that would have conflicted with the other episode we obviously have to talk about, which is Accurate. Mm. Yeah. Where they kind of implied more that Phineas didn't really have feelings for her until later. I mean, yeah. we do know Phineas cares a lot about Isabella, but he's right. too young. Yeah. And we covered this in the show as well. Yeah, I agree. I think and I, that's what I really love about um, Andrew, the way you wrote that in the show is it's like, you know, they come to an understanding, and I think that's great. Andrew, Thank like, you. about a week ago, Tammy sent me a video um, that was, uh, someone had posted that was like, why Accurate frustrates me? Because I love Accurate, oh, and yeah. Tammy was like, watch this. And that then I was like, was okay, me. I'm going to watch this. That but was my I'm, video. That was your video? That was my video. Yeah. Oh, that, is, oh yeah, that, that was your video, yes. And what was that funny was my video. That I yes. was watching it. I was watching that video, and then in like the last two minutes, they were like, uh, you were like, um, here's why this musical MWCA handles the confession better. And I was like, Tammy, oh my God, we're, that was in the <laughs> yes, that was, was, And then we immediately noticed it was you. And that's it was really crazy. You're right, that well, is you, yeah. Yeah, so I did see that video. I did comment on it. I didn't realize that was the same person who then later asked me to be on this show, but thank you. That, I was very, very flattered so to watch small. that video. You do realize yeah, that, Yeah, right? because that is like, like that, that is the thing that I wanted to do with this show is like tackle the like what if questions like what if like Candace actually did find like why her brothers meant to disappear what if Isabella actually did reveal her feelings and it like was in that same summer how would they interact um so it's very flattering that people seem to like the way that I wrote it I don't want to give too much away but if you want to see that Phineas Isabella interaction tune in or or or, or go watch Chandler's video whichever you want to do but tune in this spring regardless <laughs> Well, because the original recording, of course, is still up on YouTube. Yes, yes, you can. But we're gonna do it something. again. Yes. <laughs> so happy. excited for that. But yeah, act your age. Um, I, so I have such mixed feelings on. about it. So, like, I yeah. actually, I, I, I think I don't have. It, this is sort of interesting because you made a whole video about like why act your age frustrates you and how you like the way I did it better. But like, I don't actually don't have issues with like the core of the Phineas Isabella interaction in that episode i mean it's a little bit melodramatic like oh they liked each other at different times but i think it at least on some level makes sense to me my issues with act your age are more like related i, I guess going back to like timeline stuff like the fact that it's been 10 years for some reason and these characters are still like they're 20 and they still haven't gone off to college and i feel yeah, like that that part kind of is yeah, like that, that would imply that they were eight in the early eight or nine because there's yeah when they go to college but like there's yeah. to stick to that solid 10 years number but i'm like that doesn't make sense because that would make them eight they do not act like eight year olds in the show yeah yeah, yeah. i mean there's also in in quantum boogaloo like the they go forward 20 years and then Linda says something like, oh, my Phineas and Ferb are 30 years old now. So right. they're supposed to be Also, quick thing. Yeah. They say that Ferb's at Camp David in Quantum Boogaloo, which would imply that he's president, but how can he be president if he was born in the UK? Sorry, just a quick- The whole other can of worms. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, That's um, another so there's, there's and that and then- President of Uruguay. <laughs> the, my, my other issue with Act Your Age, like that isn't, inherently linked to the relationship stuff is like Phineas and Ferb just 
aren't like doing their thing anymore. Like they're not doing anything. They have that no, booth, and that's the anything. only like cool like big that's idea they have the entire nothing. episode. Well, here's, here's my thought. My thought on that is that. They're in bed, like, and I mean, they're fully dressed, but you know, how, like, I'm fully dressed on my bed right now. Like, I think, like, the morning had just started, so Phineas hadn't decided what he was going to do yet. And then, sure. like, they usually decide around lunchtime, and then he's having lunch with, you know, Buford, Baljean, and Ferb. So my guess is that they were going to do something, and then, you know, he found out, like, this, this bombshell news, and then was like, yeah, I got to take a break from the whole big idea today, because I need to process this. So I don't necessarily take grievance with that, but I, I know I could be in the minority there. But then Ferb and the others put together a quote-unquote big idea that's basically just a party city dinner date. When they first walk in, we'll play the songs I put on this playlist. They're all about love, and it will trigger them to start thinking about love. Then we have these streamers and balloons in both of their favorite colors, which will stimulate the romantic centers of their brains making them think about love. What if it doesn't? Well then, we have this sign. So your epic romantic plan is a speaker, some streamers and balloons, a sign, and some food. Okay. Yeah. And another note on that, I was watching this last <laughs> night, and how Baljeet's like, hey, Buford, you should do the diaper thing. And, and I was thinking, who wants that? Like, <laughs> no one. No one ever. They didn't. Buford like, wants that. And I think on some level, Baljeet does Yeah. <laughs> Listen, Candace and Jeremy and, 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 and Baljeet and Mishy didn't want that when Buford was 10. So imagine an 18, 19, 20-year-old big dude hanging over a romantic date. Who wants that? Well, I can just picture the storyboard meeting like where somebody was like, what if we had Buford be an angel again? And somebody else was like, you realize he's 20 now, right? And they're like, yeah, that makes it funnier. And they just didn't get it. Does it though? It makes sense. <laughs> It's funnier in a cartoon, but if it were oh, live, yeah, if it was live action, it would be horrifying. That would be creepy. If if yeah. we had Ben, who's playing <laughs> Buford, just wear that. Wear that. It, I mean, we, we can ask him. We I don't see why not. Maybe, maybe he's up to. We would get banned from YouTube. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Honestly, when they when uh, the thing with Act Your Age is that episode was we were hearing about it for so long i think it got so Mm -hmm. so hyped up that it could have never lived up to the 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 expectations people had for it but one thing i think when when they showed stuff from like 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 stills from what might have been and it's the clip with like isabella the different ages and like buford and the cupid outfit i'm like so is she going insane is this like Fever dream? Ten years later, okay, Isabella so ten, ten, year, ten years in the future, Isabella fucking loses it. <laughs> I was honestly hoping that it would be way more high concept of an episode than what we got, which was kind of just a straightforward rom. Isabella, yeah, Isabella is- takes shrooms. Yeah, happens to exist in this universe. She touched the orange moss and it's just been going yeah. at it. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> was She's hallucinating for the entire episode. Yeah. I mean, we yeah, do I, need to remember that this is a Phineas and Ferb episode. We, they couldn't just made like a drama-based episode. You know, good that really feel right. I wouldn't have liked it, that. It comes across it to me really like in any other show. I think there's not anything that really makes it specifically Phineas and Ferb, other than the Doof and Perry plot. That's just what I was gonna say. The entire thing to me comes across as like a fan fiction. It, yeah, like, it I, I think it's a, I think it's a pretty decently it. written fan fiction. It doesn't feel like like a cringy like fan a fiction you'd find online. Yeah. It's um, definitely not a the Doof fan fiction. I just don't think it's that well thought out. 
the the doof Perry's plot in that felt like peak Phineas and Ferb to me, like very yes. much on brand. Sure, you don't have anything else that's more ridiculous or irresponsible? Nope, this is as dumb as they come. All right. So, what else you got? We got another one just like it, but in yellow. <gasps> you hear that? It'll be like driving a really fast ducky Momo. And then yeah, the other the other like the kids plot just felt. It felt like they were finding their footing like, a bit more. They were slightly out of character in my yeah. opinion. Like, yeah, I agree. It also, like... Me, are you telling me Isabella's going out of town, like, two weeks early, and nobody knew that, and nobody's throwing her, like, a go-away party? Also, you need to commit to a college, like, six months before you go yeah. to college. Yes. You gotta buy textbooks. You? Yeah. You schedule. There like, is no way he is picking a college two I don't care how smart you are. There is no way you're picking a college two weeks before the college starts. Have, Phineas is either going to have the shittiest schedule, taking the worst <laughs> electives, or every single class he's going to be waitlisted. You're off to college. Tri-State State. Have you decided where you're going yet? You know what? I just did. Oh. Huh. Hey, what's wrong? Oh, shoot! I'm sorry. <laughs> wrong letter. Well, I guess I'll see you in two weeks. Yes. Yes, you will. Phineas was only able to register for Intro to Underwater Basket Weaving for his first fall semester of classes. He ended up opening his own grilled cheese food truck on campus and is now pursuing a liberal arts degree. Good job, Phineas. I think the, the, <laughs> going back to the going back to the subject of like you know the Fireset girls are still hanging out. They're just sitting bugging her at the restaurant. I'm like, you're not throwing yeah. a party for her until you decide yeah. you want to get Phineas and Isabella together. Hi guys, food's up. Ah, just think, this may be the last time I'm stuffing your faces before I'm off to school. I got it, Mom. Anyway, enjoy. Gotta treat my fireside girl alums right. Hey, hey, Valjeet says okay to my movie. Mm-hmm. Works every time. The, uh, I feel like the, the general vibe is that, like, all of the characters, for, for lack of a better word, have kind of just become lazy. Yeah. Like, like, yeah. like we don't, again, like, I mean, I know Zach already expressed, like, why he doesn't think Phineas and Ferber building the invention. I think that's valid. But, like, combine that with the fact that, like, they're literally just like sitting around most of the episode, like eating sandwiches and texting each other. Like, like it's funny, but I feel like a lot of them just teenage became... years though. Yeah, I mean, it's not such a mood. It's not inaccurate, but it does feel very distant from Phineas and Ferb. Yeah, yeah. we're guys. We don't talk about feelings. Uh, yes, you do, Belgie. <laughs> yes, Belgie. you do. That that line, I hate Belgie, that line. Belgie talks about his feelings more than anybody on the show. Yeah, I yeah. despise that He's line. Like, Phineas, come over quick. I have anxiety because of a portal well, to Also, me. also, here's, here's my thing. They say, uh, did you hear about the new car that Irving, in that same scene, did you hear about the new car that Irving got? But also, Irving works for Alka now. Yeah, which means do he knows about know, Perry. Do they know that Irving works for Alka? Yeah. Do they just think that Irving has this job? They, they don't, but wait, that's, does that mean Irving is getting paid? And Carl didn't get paid? Well, I, I assume that Irving was in Carl's position and Carl took Monogram's position so that Irving is unpaid intern. Yeah, but yeah. how did you yeah. get the car? Yeah. That's a good question. Also, why, yeah, does I, Mon why is this episode 10 years in the future and Monogram has a cord telephone there <laughs> on the beach? Because he, he doesn't know how to use beach. technology. He lets Carl do all of that. So he still uses like what he had when he was 30. 
Well, yeah, but I, I was thinking about the implications of that. I had also just watched the episode and I had forgotten that Irving was in it. That means like he knows Perry exists and he knows everything about Phineas and Ferb. Yeah. So the implication is that Irving just is fully aware of everything that happens in the series and it's just kind of keeping it to himself. Honestly, that all really tracks because he's been tracking them all this time. He knows yeah. everything about everyone at this point. Yeah. He has, but he has like spy camp footage of Phineas and Ferb get busted, which leads me to believe that that episode was not a dream. Yeah. yeah. Also, Irving, it actually happened. Irving cares so much about Phineas and Ferb that I wouldn't be surprised if he like he knew about Perry, but knows how much Phineas and Ferb love Perry. Oh. Yeah. Like, you know, like I care, so I care awesome. about them too much to keep this a secret. Side note. Wait, uh, but Vanessa also knows about Perry, and I doubt she would tell Ferb about that's it. That's true. I don't know if she's seen Perry in the context of being Ferb's pet. Yeah. Head. I think yeah. So they, they seem to imply that Vanessa it's goes fine if somebody only knows about one half of Perry's identity. Right. Because this is the thing that they say in Candace Against the Universe. Like they, they not only tell Perry that he can't reveal himself as an agent to Phineas and Ferb, but they tell him that he can't reveal himself as a pet to Doofenshmirtz. Like I think a character to like well, know the secret has to see him as both. Well, Doofenshmirtz wouldn't know if he you know didn't have the hat. But can, can, <laughs> Doofenshmirtz is not able to distinguish that that's the same person. Could you, you, could you imagine though, like Ferb introduces Vanessa to like his his parents, and Vanessa comes over for dinner and just sees the pet, <laughs> and spends the entire dinner like, <sighs> oh. I, I I like to imagine there was a conversation where Vanessa was like like just a private Vanessa Ferb conversation where she's like you know your platypus is an agent right and Ferb's like well that makes sense in retrospect and then just they never bring it up they never, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, or, yeah. or, or, or Ferb's just like of course yeah. like if Ferb knew the yeah, entire because <laughs> writing for the Bettys um where there's the whole thing where Phineas and Ferb yes. discover Perry's yeah. there mm-hmm. that was ne- Phineas probably Phineas forgot about that I don't think Ferb did Ferb made that there's also like I mean, this is this is less direct evidence, but across the second dimension, like Phineas freaks out, like when he, when he learns Perry's an agent, and Ferb kind of just goes along with it, like he does. Yeah, he's like, oh, yeah, it's, it's hard. It's hard I to also determine. Have another life. That's yeah, cool. it's hard to interpret that as uh, Ferb knew about it or just Ferb doesn't react to things. It's like difficult to say. But... Plot twist: Everyone at the end of the series knows that Perry is a secret agent and yeah. a pet, except for Phineas. I still want a Stacy Perry episode. I feel like we were yes, robbed of that. Yes. Oh my god, that was such we a good reveal. That one, yeah. like I, so it was, it was, crazy. it was a, it was a delightful setup for something that they never followed up with. Uh-huh. I was hoping maybe in like Alka Files they would have Stacy appear for a second or something, but no. That would have been a good thing to have in Candace Against the Universe, but I guess they wanted yeah. something on Earth, so yeah, so that they could have that wonderful joke about Jeremy Larping. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was my whole it thing. I'm like, it. I was so happy that Stacy and Jeremy showed up in Candace Against the Universe because I was like, I was worried they were going to get forgotten about again. They didn't show up in Last Day of Summer at all. Um, they didn't have any reason to be there in Candace Against the Universe. Like, if you really look at it, they don't affect the plot in any way, but it was still absolutely worth it just to learn that Jeremy's a LARPer and to see them talking again. It was. Well, the last time we heard from Jeremy before Candace Against the Universe was the one episode of Milo where we don't see him, right. we just hear him over the drive-thru speaker. Yeah. And it's the most frustrated we've ever heard him sound. He's like, you guys have already been through the, through the drive-thru ten times today. Yeah. All we have left is fish sandwiches. Jeremy's the most patient man in the entire universe. Yeah. It takes a lot to really, like, get It's really interesting that 
the the things that have pushed Jeremy's character further than anything else both took place after the series ended. Because like that episode of Isla Murphy's Law, we saw him frustrated, and that episode of Kenneth Gets the Universe, we saw that like, oh yeah, he's also kind of a nerd. But like, it took the entire <laughs> series to wrap up yeah, to be for any of that to start coming out. <laughs> to give him personality traits and character. There's so yeah. much we don't know about Jeremy. Jeremy's got a secret. Really know about too, Jeremy. You know. I mean, he did keep a pencil from Kansas in a safe did yeah that's i just uh talking about jeremy reminded me uh we're we're getting into the more niche territory but stacy and coltrane another small ship yeah i ship it i mean they're they're cute they're they're both so chill i like how with that one they were just like let's get together yeah okay she was like, she was like, oh, you're cute. Oh, you're cute as well. Yeah. Okay, quick. Yeah. yeah. I like you. I like you too. Okay. Let's okay. Let's, yeah. let's date. There we go. Yeah. I feel like it, it doesn't get as much screen time, not only because they're like more minor characters, but also because they're not really like opposites of each other, like Candace and Jeremy are. There wasn't a ton to show with it, but it's still. That and also, we don't want to pay to bring back uh, Corbin Blue every time we want to have that character. <laughs> yeah. I mean, getting a high school musical actor involved with the Phineas and Ferb project just sounds like an impossible feat. Yeah, yeah. no, that never like, happens. There's, there's that no never happens. Um, people in our cast would probably uh, bring up Stacy and Jenny as a potential ship. That's not, they never explore that, but it's it's a fun one to think about. They're always hanging around Candace. I mean, yeah. I think our cast think has mentioned that before, honestly. They have, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, um, then again, what has our cast said, mentioned already? One of my friends last week said Candace and Vanessa. <laughs> a lot yeah, of people I, I can see that, that actually. But but the thing is, like, I feel like if Candace wasn't dating Jeremy, then yeah, I would ship that. But Candace and Jeremy are just too good. Of course. You know what? I, you know what I'd rather see than Candace and Vanessa is like Vanessa and Jeremy. There's like one or two moments we see them interact, and they're like they seem into each other. Like it's really subtle, but the way that they're like, uh, I'm trying to think of the episode that comes to mind. I think it's the one where Jeremy's giving Doof a guitar lesson and Vanessa's just briefly like, you play guitar? Oh, yeah. And Jeremy's like, yeah. And it's like so quick. <laughs> but I'm like, the two of them in an alternate universe? Probably. Alternate Jeremy and Vanessa. Okay. Yeah. The, the non-existent ship. The non-existent <laughs> ship. Maybe in a different universe. Maybe in a different online. universe. It could work out. Oh, and then we were talking about... Uh, but that if... would mean... Then I said that would mean Ferb would end up being single, and so would Kansas. And so Gretchen shows up maybe for some reason. For, maybe for... I don't know. I was just thinking of a fireside girl, and I feel like, you know, Gretchen can match Ferb's energy. Yeah, but also Gretchen uh, can match Buford's. Gretchen yeah, Buford? she did yeah. Buford in Night of the Living Pharmacist. And he was like, I am so oh, awesome right yeah. now. Like, yeah, Gretchen doesn't mess around. Buford always does that. Did he say that about Buford 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 Candace? Yeah. I, he's, yeah. I, think he's, I think he says that about both. Because, you know, Buford has right, a crush right. on Candace. Yeah. He says that about a lot of people. Buford is, Buford is the character that is given the, like, a lot of the one-liners that address the yeah. wall and yeah. stuff. Like I mean, it, he, he really went from being, like, the archetypical bully character to just being the one-liner character like yeah and really gets really... First, that's all he does he doesn't even bully anyone in that movie he barely bullies anyone yeah buford stops bullying i mean if anything the rest of the gang starts bullying buford they like they like gaslight him about the noise coming from the palace <laughs> and then they like try to sacrifice him to a robot like 
he's he's become <laughs> the punching bag of the group. Yeah. By that point. Yeah, what goes around comes around. Buber, yeah, Buber gets payback um in the in the Phineas and Ferb effect where he offers Belgie to sacrifice. So I feel like that's what they were that's thinking true. about. That's a yeah. peril right there. Yeah. Like, okay, the same scene where Belgie dabs, that happens. But no, I think like my my general opinion on act your age is like I know it's not like critically speaking, like the best episode. However, like personally speaking, I I love it. Like oh, like yeah, like when I, I mean, uh, it's all like cute and they get yeah. together. They like a, get like a couple of years ago, I um I I ranked all of the films and I do a lot of ranking. Uh, I ranked all the films in the uh, the Disney animated canon from like a critical eye, and I saw so like I think like the top two were like Lion King, Beauty and the Beast, and then I think Pinocchio. Um, but they're not, I think they're the best, and I think, like, but they're not my favorite. Like, I don't think Emperor's New Groove is one of Disney's best films, but it's one of my favorites. So I don't yeah. think, that, like, even though Act yeah. Age might not be, you know, a good episode per se, I still will watch it over and over and over again just because I, I love the gags and I love Finabella. Yeah. So. I think it's right, but I think just what I would have really liked to see more of is more of Phineas and Isabella actually physically interacting, unlike I would love what we got in the episode that. where they talked for like two minutes. Okay, so I started shipping Fimbella before I even knew what shipping was. Oh, I was same. that young. It was my first so, ship. It was my first ship. Yeah, same. So watching them getting together in Actor Age was like, I don't know, I picked a right What it felt like. What it felt like for me was it kind of felt like, like I started watching Phineas and Ferb, you know, when I was young and then I got into high school and that was when the episode came out and I was like, oh, it feels like, like my childhood, like arc or like, or like, like these characters that I grew up with grew up and that story is kind of completed. And I, and I don't know if it felt like, you know, I, I was, you know, pursuing relationships in high school and I don't know, I think it was just, it was really sweet and mm -hmm. really satisfying to go into high school having seen that episode mm -hmm. or I, I was a freshman or someone it came um so yeah it was more of like a my my otp got together and i'm happy yeah. about that rather than oh this is a good episode from yeah. the past. i i i think it's it's good that the episode exists I, th I think it did for a lot of people hit um those emotional chords that, that you're describing zach we're like it needed it needed to tie up a lot of these sure it, it, what i think yeah. is interesting i think about it is like a lot of people i think often cite that as like the end of phineas and ferb which like it, it it's the last thing chronologically, but it's not last day of summer. Last day of summer is the conclusion to Phineas and Ferb. Right. It's yeah. not even the last thing chronologically because Quantum Boogaloo is the well, last yeah, yeah. Episode. But my point is, I'm I'm very glad that they supplemented Act Your Age with an actual series finale that actually addressed like the core character because the core character relationship of Phineas and Ferb is like I think about Candace and her brothers and also Doofenshmirtz. Yeah. Um, Candace and Doofenshmirtz. Candace and Doofenshmirtz being the main, yeah, yeah, characters. Like the main that, characters in the yeah. show. That to me is the core. Like if you're going to wrap up a finale, that's what you should focus on. So I think it's great that they did Act Your Age and, you know, put that it as the second finale. to last. Because it's like, don't worry, we've addressed this ship. But also here is like the end of our series. Here, here's the episode addressing the secret main characters of the whole show. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. It's yeah. Candace and Doof, really. Because, like, the, the Phineas-Isabella arc, like, it's something everybody wanted to see, but it was never, like, the, the series revolved around, like, that. Exactly. Like, right, it was I'm never central to the show. Yeah. Yeah. 
it was central to a couple of episodes, but not to the whole show. No, and that's the thing, it made it special, because you didn't get to see them a lot together. Yeah, they get a lot of scenes together, but it's not, as, as it's not the main thing from the show, when they do appear together and they do have scenes together, that's you know so I'm, lovely to see. I'm, I'm studying, I'm, I'm a major in screenwriting at, at Cal State Northridge, and we talk a lot about subplots, and there's the three-act structure. Um, and you, you, got, you got your main story, uh, you got, you know, set up, uh, running action, and then, you know, the climax. And when you're like, I've, I've seen so many charts about this, when you have a subplot, you try to wrap up that subplot right before you wrap up the, the climax for the, the actual A plot. Mm -hmm. And I think the show did a really good job of being like, okay, we're going to wrap up this subplot of Phineas and Isabella that you've always cared about right before yeah. we wrap yeah. up the series. Because yeah. I think if they had done it out of order, it would have felt jarring. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I agree with that. Yeah. I think I, I, what I also think is, what, what I think makes Phineas and Ferb stand so well on its own is that like it, it, they've shown they can get people interested in the romantic character relationships, but they can also get people invested in the complete absence of it at the same time. Because that's what they did with Candace Against the Universe. Like there was zero romantic interactions mm -hmm. in that movie, yeah. almost almost to the point where it felt strange. But like it didn't need it. Like they, they were still able to hit those really emotional chords otherwise. Yeah, exactly. And I think when you have a show that's able to stand on its own before you even get into the topic of romance and then also sometimes add in romance, it's just, you've done something right. Absolutely. Like, I'm now trying to like, I'm, I'm trying to think back to Candace. Is there a single moment where Isabella like says something about Phineas? Or in Candace Against the Universe? Yeah. They like barely interact at all. Yeah, basically yeah. Says, it was it was a little weird. And like, yeah, we're, we're going to space with you. That's it. Again. Yeah. It's the same thing with yeah, like when Jeremy shows up at the end of the movie. Okay. Candace is like Jeremy, and then she gets distracted, and that's all they interact. Yeah. I saw I saw some people kind of complaining about that. It's like, why did Isabella not um not swoon over Phineas? And all? it's like because. Candace is on a on a distant planet. There's more yeah. important I mean, things to the story there. It's That's like yeah, it's like Isabella's story. a dynamic character. Her one personality trait isn't liking yeah. Finny. And yeah. I'm so glad it's not only that because that would make her character so boring if it's only like oh yeah, I have a crush on Finny. That's it. That's my entire Finny personality. And, yeah, like She's not the token girl from the BK Kids Club. She's an actual <laughs> character. Exactly. Yeah. She's a exactly. leader. She's she's a good friend and. That's another thing that I just like makes Phineas and Ferb really strong in general is that like at a glance, yeah, these characters fit into these different archetypes, but they're really all a lot more fleshed out than they appear to be. Yeah, right, absolutely. Like, like, and I think what's funny is that they they play to the fact that they're supposed to be those archetypes, but they're not. Like Doofenshmirtz is like, what? I'm a villain. That's why I do all these things. Yeah. But he's not actually a villain, but he has this expectation in his head yeah. that he's supposed to be, et cetera, et cetera. Then you have like, like Jeremy's the popular kid. I feel like in other shows like that, he would like be a jerk, but like, no, yeah, they don't have a reason so for that. He's a genuinely nice person. Yeah. Same thing with like Buford. Like he's the bully, but like, he's also- but not really. He's also, yeah, he's got so much else going on. We won't talk about Susie Johnson. No, we won't. The only one-dimensional character. <laughs> Holy fuck, the bully, you sure are a handful. <laughs> but, yeah, that's something, I mean, that's part of the reason why I just love Phineas and Ferb is the way they write all of their characters. Oh, I was thinking, like, that's, that's why I love Phineas and Ferb, Susie Johnson. Yeah, oh, I, was no. like, I was like, hold on. The only reason I watch this show. <laughs> Susie, Susie Johnson. Johnson. That's like the equivalent of saying, I only watched Infinity War to see Loki. Oh, you poor thing. <laughs> yeah. 
Don't you dare compare Susie Johnson to Loki. Don't don't you dare. <laughs> Loki is a much better. Loki, Loki actually gets kind of a redemption arc a bit. Yeah, exactly. Whereas yeah, Susie Johnson, Susie Storm, Susie the only character that never gets redeemed in any. Susie one hundred percent stormed the Capitol. Like Susie. Is just... <laughs> yeah. 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 Not storming the Capitol, but I would love to see a fourth Vinny Sinfer movie where Susie's the main antagonist. Like, I don't know. I feel like that suddenly. Well, I mean, the thing with Susie is she kind of in uh, in that one episode. Um, why can I not? Remember? Oh, suddenly Susie, she kind of lays it all out. It's like, oh no, I I only I only act horrible towards you to control Jeremy. So she's like. I don't know if that it's makes so it toxic. Worse. It's like, she's like, okay, what? But like, but like, like, here's a pitch. Like, let's say, like, Susie has like a a ballet recital. Like, this is years in the future. Susie has a ballet recital, like that she's been training like for years for. But then Jeremy can't make it because he's like going on like a like a romantic trip with Candace. And then Susie just goes ape shit. <laughs> And the entire episode is trying to sabotage this romantic vacation. And then once Candace catches wind of what's going on, she has to enlist Phineas and Ferb to destroy Jeremy's little sister. And then there's some Duke Perry subplot. You get like a whole arc with with Buford where he has to like face his fear and like help Phineas and Ferb out. Buford's the one who finally stands up to Susie. I'll... Screw it, I'm gonna write this and pitch it to Dan Swap and be like, you need to do this. Or, the, show, the show needs to come back for a fifth season just so this can happen. <laughs> well, I mean, you think about both movies and where they kind of exist. Obviously, Across the Second Dimension really focus on, focuses on Phineas and Ferb's relationship with Harry. Harry. And yeah. then Candace Gets the Universe focuses on their relationship with Candace. So it's like, mm-hmm. so I think, I think following that pattern, the third one would have to focus on some sort of strong emotional core. So I don't know if would, that maybe, would be maybe, the route to go. Maybe, maybe maybe with the parents who, by the way, do not age at all. In they don't. I noticed that. <laughs> like they exactly gave Doof gray hair, but Lawrence looks like the exact same. Today I'm pulling out all the stops. Don't Harry, feel it. Harry still looks the same. But then like 10 years in the future, he's just destroyed. Yeah. yeah. No teeth. Yeah, also, what's What's with the life? The life expectancy of a platypus is seventeen years. So let's say they've already had Perry five years by the time the series it's starts. Like, don't go <laughs> like two years left. But unless I was talking to Tammy about this last night, unless working for Alka has kept him in such good physical <laughs> shape that he's able to last longer, or Alka has like injected him with severe steroids, like I don't know what happened. But there's Something some going reason. On there. that, yeah, Harry's still alive during quantum. That's movie. true. That's true. More than thirty years old. Yeah, Damn. go Perry. I mean, I would love a pet of mine to live that long. That'd be cool. I think. Oh, I think on the subject of really tragic, a movie, I think maybe focusing on the relationship with the parents would be the way to go. But I don't know. Like, be really you'd almost have to sort of in the same way that. Candace Against the Universe is kind of a bigger version of um, Unfair Science Fair. Mm-hmm. I think maybe the maybe the next movie you would do it as, but see, I don't know, because it would have to obviously take place before Candace Against the Universe, because otherwise it messes with that arc, even though that arc also doesn't really 
like because Candace kind of has a relapse for busting, but it's like still it could be uh, like a bigger version of unless Candace is possibly is like Candace is like working with them. Maybe that could be interesting. Yeah, I I the thing is I like the episodes where Candace. Like that, that sort of subvert the formula, and Candace is like along yeah. the ride with them. So I'm just yeah, I love dude, that, dude. We're getting yeah. the man back together. At I mean, that, I, I think I, again, the other day we were talking, we were doing like character work with like sibling relationships. Another thing I think Phineas and Ferb does well is like they can have Phineas and Candace at odds with each other in one episode and then working together in the next, and it doesn't feel weird because that's how siblings interact with siblings one another. Work, yeah, right. Um, and that's like to me, I know some. There was like some not even criticism, but just like questions that I heard after Candace Against the Universe came out, where it's like, wait, but if that takes place in the middle of summer, wouldn't Candace have to stop busting them? It's like, well, no, like that same emotional arc was resolved in like Summer Belongs to You also and like a couple other episodes. It's just, yeah. mm-hmm. this is this is the most they've ever gone into it, but it doesn't necessarily change, like make anything impossible going forward. Like but... my friend Dave says, you know, people are messy and they have relapses and this show kind of captures that even if it is just through the fact that it's all produced out of order. Yeah, well, yeah. So I mean, even like, relapses yeah, like, as well. Yeah, I mean, he, think about, like, think about Christmas and New Year's, both of those episodes. Exactly. Even, uh, Candace have a relapse. Exactly. Yeah. That, w- that was what, what Dave specifically said that about was it's like, you know, Christmas oh. and New Year's uh doof had those relapses where he was still being evil yeah because the professor time stuff wasn't going as well uh that explanation almost makes sense until you get to Milo murphy's law and then it stops that's the other thing with accurate age is that means that the whole subplot didn't happen yeah it's changes oh god i tend not to think about it too much because it's it's there's so many things. Well, because okay, so what yeah. happens if the if the dude plot is removed from that episode? Okay, so the dinner date doesn't disappear, but they never even went into the backyard. So like, yeah, yeah I mean, it, it was kind of useless. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> hey, we did that again. Okay. It kind of just feels like <laughs> and now like, it's gone. See them doing something, but they're not really doing anything of consequence. So. Yeah, that's accurate. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I like the episode is is definitely you know problematic, but I mean as I've said before, I, I love it so much. Is it a problematic fave? Yeah, yeah, or, yeah, exactly. <laughs> or maybe My guilty pleasure is enjoying accurate despite being a mess. Well, that's kind of like I enjoy. I, I... I enjoy Belgeet and Ginger's uh, relationship in that episode, despite not being the one I actually ship Belgeet with. <laughs> well, yeah, sure. Let's go with that. Oh, you ship Belgeet with Buford or Spoons or? Bu- Bu- Buford. Oh, okay, gotcha. Buford. No, yeah, I kind of ship. But like, like the, the moments they give him with with Ginger are cute. Yeah, I, I kind of agree. Like, it's an episode I enjoy without without you know fully taking like, to heart and accepting I, as my headcanon like i i can i can love it like and it, like you can love it and still accept its criticism yeah, yeah absolutely which which is uh, i'm thankful because the comment section on my actor age video has mostly been people like oh i didn't think about it that way you know I, I was interested to hear your your perspective there was this one comment that i got where it was like oh my gosh you're stupid i'm like dude chill it's not that deep yeah we're talking about Fictional ships of drawings here. Right. Like, like, like look, I, if someone what it ultimately boils down to, like, yeah, they're fleshed out characters that we love, but they're also still just like, drawings. if someone like walked up to me and started criticizing 
like as a film the movie like <laughs> anchorman i'd be like yeah those are valid criticisms but also i <laughs> love that movie but so you you can do both and so when when people people seem to have a hard time differentiating between the two and after know, after yeah. Candace against the universe came out i made like a like a 20 minute like video review of it um and i went in depth with my like couple of issues with the film but i loved it overall um and i i got some comments that was like i disagree with you i love this movie and i'm like I did too. Like, yeah. I didn't say I didn't. Like, I had issue yeah. with this, like, this one character arc, but then I go on to talk about how, like, everything else worked. So, the biggest yeah, thing can, I saw. You can love something and still have, a critical, yeah. still have a critical eye. The biggest thing I saw a lot of was people complaining about the animation, which I'm like, yeah, I get that. But also, like, it was kind of a. And I don't even think it was Snipple's fault necessarily, because I think a lot of it lies with. Um, snipple in their animation for like the first third of the movie but it's like you know it was a weird circumstance that the animation had to be finished so i understand why it was what it was yeah i mean that I, that wasn't that wasn't my main issue with the movie i, I, I that felt noticeable at moments but it, i don't think it yeah, was as mainly at the beginning of the movie then it but what gets better. me yeah what gets me is the people that are like, oh, the long art's different. This ruins the whole movie. I'm like, seriously? Okay. Yeah, like, but the thing is, you you have to take into consideration the show had already been done by then. Yeah. It just came back. And it's difficult to, like, A, get the same studio, B, teach the new studio how we used to do things, and C, and try to make it as close as possible yeah. to the original thing. And, and yeah. D, and D, do a lot of the work during yeah, the global I mean, pandemic. Right. The that's the biggest one. Jesus Christ. I'll do it. I mean, that, it was, that's, uh... the, that's the bit of the fandom that I actually don't enjoy being part of. Like, they criticize every single detail. Like, be, be glad they're back. I mean, Please. Every the, the fandom has its, it's really toxic. Yeah. yeah. Really toxic people in it. Yeah. What a fun note to end on. <laughs> Toxic fans. Toxic fans. <laughs> well, I kind of brought that up at the beginning, so it's like, I guess it comes full circle. Um, it came full circle. Just like cats but yeah, the, So in conclusion, I don't know. In conclusion, wow. the Phineas and Ferb ships that I rank in this order. Number one, Ferb and Vanessa. <laughs> Number two, Phineas Isabella. Then it's like a tie of Candace and Jeremy or Belgian and Buford. I think they're both interesting. But Ferb and Vanessa is my OTP. No, that's, I'm, that's so, my I'm sorry to break it to you, but my number one is, was, and always will be Fimbella. Fimbella. It's so oh, basic, speaking, but I respect speaking it. Up, Shut up. Speaking up, <laughs> I, I, I don't know how we're doing this, but maybe you could play uh, for our viewers right now a clip of a demo that uh, Tammy and I have recorded um, I'm I'm overly setting this up. Basically, we did a we made a promo video for NWCA to be released. Uh, I think the same day as this podcast, Valentine's uh, Day, where we did yes. a cover of uh, what yep. might have been. So why don't we? Uh, yeah, yes. I'll, I'll let Playing you that now. I could have been your girlfriend. I could have been your fella. We might have been an item. They would have called us Annabella. I would have held the door for you. I could have shared my umbrella. You would have held my hair back when I was sick with salmonella. Sick with salmonella. We could have been together. All you had to say was when. And though I wanted so much more, I guess you'll always be my friend.
might have been What might have been What might have been Okay, after hearing that, I actually completely see your point, Tammy. Yeah, Phineas and Isabella, <laughs> definitely the best chef on the show. You know. <laughs> What yes, can I say? I I'm so I mean, glad we got to convince you. Yeah, yeah. Tony sounds Tony sounds amazing. Clip. Yeah, they're great. I like them. I like them. <laughs> uh, very very yeah, talented uh, actors that I got to play these that, two characters. That was that was oh, us. That was not Vincent Martella and Allison Stoner. That was us. Yeah. Thank you, Andrew. Thanks for auditioning. And thank you for having us on this podcast. Yes, thank you, Chandler, oh, for having guys. us. Thank you, Chandler. This was so on, fun. How did so? So uh, it's Alka. If it's the organization, I sometimes I call the musical Muka. Do you ever say Puka? That sounds really gross. Yeah. It just <laughs> WCA. 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 Thank you for having us on WCA. There were two other podcasts that called themselves the podcast without a cool acronym. That were both Phineas and Ferb podcasts that I'm like, oh, I'm like, oh shoot, but then I realized, well, both of them died like well over a year ago. So I'm like, yeah. I think I'm oh, good. Excuse me, let me take you that. Got Thank you. If you ever you need to differentiate yourself from them, just call yourself PWCAWCA. You're the podcast without a cool acronym. Without a cool acronym. Without a cool acronym. <laughs> <laughs> I just differentiate myself by being the television animation one that can talk about whatever. Right. right. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I'm the one that, that can talk about a much wider variety of things because, you know, when I was coming up with the idea for the podcast, at first I thought I would go through every episode of Phineas and Ferb, but then I realized, shit, I'm going to be stuck on season one for how long? <laughs> yeah, and season one's probably the weakest season. Yeah, just because the show really hadn't found its foot, and we've been over this before on here, but it's, you know, it just hadn't really found its footing yet, so I'm like, that's why I'm like, I'm going to branch it out to all of Disney television animation because there's so many good shows that are on um disney these days you know yeah. you got gravity falls and star versus the forces of evil and um the all house amphibia etc coming back for its last couple episodes yeah, yeah. i love how like, oh dark tales got canceled i'm like no i've been through this i know how it is but it is ending on its own accord yeah, yeah. i love it when they do that actually yeah. you get three seasons or four I think it was three. Three. Okay, so it didn't it didn't quite reach Kim Possible and Phineas and Ferb, but right. close. But also, but also really Phineas, about... and Ferb was, Phineas and Ferb was four seasons, but eight years. Yeah, like yeah. Every season yeah. was two. I feel like this summer's been going on for like four years. It's going on for years and years. So, so by the way, something that, that's funny is that today is the anniversary of Actory. Oh, yes, yeah, it, it came out six years ago today. Yep. Wow. It came out on Valentine's Day. Well, well, let me. The day that we're recording yeah, this, exactly. not the day that it's being released. It's been six years since it's been ten years since the summer of Phineas and Ferb took place. That's <laughs> so there. complicated. Oh my god. Yeah. Something, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> so, other than um, the musical without a cool acronym, which will be coming out, uh, well, well, has already been out in its past form, but also is going to be the there's going to be the virtual. Yes, the almost entirely new cast. It's a pretty it's different production, despite having the same script. Yes, um, and that's going to be awesome. So follow MWCA underscore musical for updates on that. Yes. 
Uh, and do you guys have anything to plug other than that? Um, if uh, I'm, I'm also on a podcast. Wait, 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 wait. Andrew, we should all do our plugs in our okay. character voices. Oh, do, yes, do you want to start then, Zach? Oh, no. Uh, I mean, I wasn't planning on it, but I guess I will. All right. So my name is Zach Timson, even though I sound like Phineas right now. Um, if you like history and you have younger siblings, watch the Who Was show on Netflix because it's a historical sketch comedy series. I'm also on YouTube where I do a lot of sketches and political song parodies, and you can just find that at Zach Timson. So I know what you're going to do today. Like and subscribe. <laughs> <laughs> that was perfect. Kevin? Thank you. Oh, should I go next? Okay. Um, hi, my name is Sammy Lozadez, and I play Isabel Garcia Shapiro on MWPA. Um, you can find me on YouTube, um, on Tommy Lozadez. Andrew! Oh, well, uh, aside from being the director slash producer of Musical Without a Cool Acronym, um, I'm also on another podcast. We don't really talk about Disney or animation, but we talk about Nintendo games, so if that's your thing, check out Nintendo Outcast. We're on Spotify and iTunes, all those other good podcast platforms. If you want to follow my personal account, I am at Nachos Rule, Nachos spelled with a Z on most platforms on social media. Go fight evil, everybody. <laughs> Did you guys talk about Nintendo World on the, pod, on the Nintendo we, podcast? We have talked about it once or twice. Yeah, yeah, we're all geeking out over it and, it and so cool. just accepting that it will probably be a very long time before we ever get to go there, but... Or it, or it even gets built here. I mean, I think Hollywood's gonna open first, but yeah, that's why I'm like, I'm glad that that Disney World is getting Tron because I'm like, I don't know when I'm gonna go to China to do the the <laughs> Shanghai Pirates ride or yeah. Mr. Banner. Yeah, I mean, I I love the Disney parks, but also an, the idea of a Nintendo park is like a pipe dream that I've had since I was like a young I, child. I, so it's pretty really surreal not. seeing it exist. A Nintendo park it would be a pipe dream because yeah. pipes, you know. <laughs> oh my god son of a oh you know oh, I, I just make, got that I'm an idiot <laughs> you know I make a lot of puns but I don't notice the effect that it has on others until other people do it to me <laughs> now you get I, how I feel I apologize Tammy for all the puns that Zach I, I bet you can't go a whole week without making any puns oh god are we we're not doing this that? again <laughs> you can find me on twitter at starport97 and at the youtube channel starport97 I'm actually planning on finally bringing back my flagship series, Theme Park Backlot, which has been on hiatus since April for obvious reasons. The next episode is going to be all about Walt Disney World Resort infrastructure, the resorts, and Disney Springs. Specifically, the changes that have happened since um, Dave made his videos about those things. So expect that within the next several months. I'm not entirely sure when it's going to be out. I just started working on it, so... It's still a ways off, but I do want to actually start making new content for my YouTube channel again, and I really do. But in the meantime, you can also find this podcast on Twitter at Podcast Acronym. If you like this and want to hear more, be sure to subscribe. Leave us a review and give us five stars. That really helps us out in the algorithm. You can find us on Anchor and all the other usual places. Google Play, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. And join us next week on our usual day, Monday, when we talk about Dude, We're Getting the Band Back Together with very special guest, Jeff Swami Marsh. I could have been your girlfriend. I could have been your fella. We might have been an item. They would have called us Annabella. I would have held the door for you. I could have shared my umbrella. You would have held my hair back when 
Yeah. 